Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Well, thank you, Billy, and welcome to another edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. Ron Hayes with you once again, and today, very happy to have along with us for the third time in this Road podcast series, the Honorable Governor of the great state of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt. Uh, The governor catching up with us uh, just a few days ahead of the November elections, but also, very importantly, right after the commission that he helped establish after the Supreme Court case that went against the state of Oklahoma, this commission reported back to him their recommendations. We get him to talk a little bit about that today. We'll talk about the state questions that are on the November general election uh, ballot for Oklahomans to look at and more right here today on the road to rural prosperity today's journey down the road to rural prosperity being powered by the public service company of oklahoma pso and electric utility company serving more than 557,000 customer accounts in eastern and southwestern oklahoma and we'll roll down the road to rural prosperity with the governor here in just a few moments after these messages PSO provides electricity service to more than half a million customers across Oklahoma. Increasing reliance on natural gas and renewable energy is our future. Cleaner, more affordable energy to power our lives. A strong Oklahoma economy boosted by new jobs, increased revenues for rural communities and schools. Together, our energy is boundless. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. Howdy neighbors, Ron Hayes with you today on the road to rural prosperity. And we're pleased to have once again the governor of the great state of Oklahoma joining us for just a few moments, Governor Kevin Stitt. Let, let's start a conversation, if we might, about this uh, this Supreme Court case that uh, kind of has rocked Oklahoma's world, uh, the McGirt case. I know that uh, you've watched uh, very closely uh, some of the early reactions, some of the things that are going down. You've not been a bystander. You've also uh, commissioned a group of Oklahomans, uh, private citizens, uh, former uh, government leaders, uh, industry leaders today, and, and more. Uh, our friend Brent Boland from the, uh, from the South southeastern part of the state on this commission, the Commission on Cooperative Sovereignty. They have just issued a report to you. Give us an update on where we stand on this Supreme Court uh, decision and the aftermath of the McGurk case. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's good to talk to all my fellow Oklahomans here. Uh, The McGurk decision uh, is a huge, huge decision for Oklahoma. I mean, it basically said that uh, all the reservations in eastern Oklahoma were never disestablished. We've, we've been operating for the last 113 years that the state of Oklahoma had one set of rules. And so this basically throws that up into uh, uncertainty. And so I set up this commission to let Oklahomans know what the future looks like and what are the solutions and how can we resolve this. And basically, uh, they came back, and I don't know how you could argue with it, that to be a successful state, we have to have one set of rules 
for taxation, for regulation, for criminal prosecution, regardless of your race, your gender, your geography, your political affiliation, your association, you have to have one set of rules. Uh, We all benefit from driving on roads and going to the same schools, and we all have the responsibility uh, to pay for those and live under the same set of rules. So that's basically what it said. Uh, It's a huge issue, and there's going to be tremendous uncertainty, and uh, it's going to cost our state revenue, tax dollars, if we don't get this solved. And so uh, I really want Oklahomans to understand the, the gravity of this. And then we have to help our federal delegation know how important this is to fix this uh, uh, and go back to a pre-McGurk situation. I know with the with this ruling, uh, it's almost like uh, a dream come true for some lawyers, for some attorneys, perhaps to uh, to take on the state in just a variety of areas. Oh, sure. I mean, there's already you know there's class action uh, lawsuits asking the the state, uh, all the municipalities to give back fines and fees back to people if you're if you're an Indian. And, and listen, I, I love the Native American. Uh, uh, it's a great asset to our state. I'm actually a Cherokee. I'm a fourth-generation Oklahoman. Uh, but to be a successful state, we have to have one set of rules. We can't have 39 different sets of rules. And that's what uh, I think even all 4 million Oklahomans, I think, uh, agree with me on that. Of course, you, uh, of course, come from the Tulsa metropolitan area. Uh, you re- referenced that in your news conference uh, regarding uh, how uh, that that has tremendous impact for that area. But it's obviously very important for rural areas as well. Uh, one of the commissioners that you named uh, on that on that commission, uh, Brent uh, Brent Bolden, uh, from uh, of course uh, southeastern Oklahoma down in the uh, in the uh, Ida Bell Broken Bow area. Sure. Yeah. Well, it, it affects western Oklahoma too because. Uh if, uh, if eastern Oklahoma, if the revenue falls off in the state and the tax commission is predicting we'll have $200 million less in revenue from uh, tribal members not paying uh, taxes, uh, income taxes, it doesn't include uh, – their tax commission report did not even include ad valorem taxes in eastern Oklahoma. But if that happens, uh, obviously it's going to affect services in western Oklahoma as well, roads and bridges and education systems. So we have to have one set of tax systems. Uh, for every citizen that benefits from it. So part of my press conference as well, uh, you know, just for example, we're all Oklahomans. The Unemployment Commission has already spent $144 million just in January on tribal members. Uh, But they're Oklahomans, and that's what we should do. Uh, But we can't, just because of your race, you can't have a different set of rules uh, to play by. Governor, beyond uh, beyond that particular issue, and of course that's something that's going to be with us for a while for sure, uh, we've got an election obviously coming up. I'm, I know you're well aware of that, but uh, a couple of state questions on the ballot that uh, Oklahomans uh, are either voting on right away through absentee ballot, early voting, of course, then election day itself. State question 805, I know that you've got major, major concerns with uh, with that state question. Yes. So in my opinion, 805 is bad for Oklahoma. We need to vote no on it. Uh, what that says is uh, basically it's trying to make a, uh, tons of current criminal things uh, nonviolent. And you have to treat them the same way, whether it's the first offense or the 20th offense. So the perfect example for Oklahomans to, to think about is the first time, if you got one DUI and you're an 18-year-old kid, uh that's serious, and we need to take that seriously, but that is different than your 10th DUI. And we cannot tie our prosecutor's hands behind their back 
and not let them change the punishment for a habitual drunk driver that's eventually going to kill somebody versus the first mistake that somebody made. So we agree on giving second chances, but we, it, with 805 passes, that 10th DUI has to be treated the exact same way as the first DUI. And that's just wrong. Oklahomans think it's wrong. That's why we have to vote no on that. Uh, at this point, uh, the other state question, I know that uh, a lot of folks have got, uh, you know, got some concerns about, but uh, a lot of questions about, especially uh, state question 814, uh, kind of reallocating some of the monies from the uh, from the tobacco settlement uh, investment fund. Now, t- tell me about uh, tell me about your thoughts on on 814. Sure. So state question 814 uh, is something that uh, we wanted to get on the ballot to the people and, the, and, and we need to vote yes on uh, 814, in my opinion. Uh, the reason is, so this does not touch the corpus or the principal amount of the tobacco settlement. There's $1.3 billion in that fund. Uh, they spend that money on uh, tobacco uh, cessation programs, but there's new money every year that comes into that fund, about $75 million. We want to take 75% of that, or about $56 million, and redirect it for to pay for Medicaid expansion. Medicaid expansion passed by 6,500 votes. Most of the cities, I mean, we defeated it on Election Day. I don't want to get into all those details. I, I, was, I did not want that to pass because that was part of our Constitution. But it's law now, and we have to fund Medicaid expansion now. It's $164 million. This $56 million from the new money going to the T-set will help us to fund that. Uh, I will never vote for new taxes. The government already has too much money. But I do want, but if we have to pay for it, we want to make sure that we do this smartly and we don't take it out of other government services. So um, th- there's $164 million we have to come up with, and this tobacco settlement money, $56 million annually, is a great way to pay for Medicaid expansion. That's why I think we should vote yes on 814. I guess in this in this regard, uh, that uh, money was obviously to help improve the health, uh, obviously get people to quit smoking, but also to improve the health of Oklahomans. So it kind of is down that same uh, same avenue. Oh, absolutely! And you got to think the Medicaid expansion uh, dollars that we're going to bring back into our state now will have an extra billion dollars. A lot of that goes for the exact same thing. It's the treatment of tobacco. So it is absolutely on the exact same mission. We're taking fifty six million. We're not spending it on anything else but medical care, improving health outcomes in the state of Oklahoma. So it 100% lines up with the mission uh, of that fund. The 28th governor of the great state of Oklahoma, the Honorable Kevin Stitt, with us today here on the road to rural prosperity. And we'll continue with Governor Stitt here in just a few moments. PSO provides electricity service to more than half a million customers across Oklahoma. Increasing reliance on natural gas and renewable energy is our future. Cleaner, more affordable energy to power our lives. A strong Oklahoma economy boosted by new jobs, increased revenues for rural communities and schools. Together, our energy is boundless. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. Welcome back to The Road to Rural Prosperity. The Honorable Governor of the great state of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt, continues to be our guest today here on The Road. 
In recent days, an announcement came out, and I know that you weighed in on this as well, the uh, the new uh, proposed pandemic center of innovation, uh, both for, for animal but also for, for human health as well, uh, a new lab in, in Stillwater. Why is this important in your mind? Yeah, so this is a really exciting uh, thing for Oklahoma that we're top ten in, maybe number one in the country. Uh, my Secretary of, of Innovation, Elizabeth Pollard, uh, it's her brainchild. She had this great idea uh, to create this pandemic research center and establish it in uh, rural Oklahoma. And so basically, there's billions of dollars that are coming in right now on research for the next coronavirus and how does the United States respond to this pandemic. And so we are establishing ourselves as the National Pandemic Research Center. Uh, it's, it's both uh, animal science and it's uh, human science. And so we wanted to put that in Stillwater. Uh, it's going to be in collaboration with the new health lab uh, that we're putting in uh, uh, rural Oklahoma as well. So we're excited about it. We've already got major corporations that are partnering with us, uh, sending us uh, uh, not only research machines, uh, technology, but we, we think this can also be biotech, and, and it really can uh, spin off a whole other industry in Oklahoma, and that's why we're excited about it. Seems that uh, with the university obviously there, a major land grant facility, Oklahoma State University, you got uh, got a pretty good uh, base uh, to be able to to work off of as far as uh, uh, folks that uh, have got a lot of interest in trying to uh, to be ex- excellent in this area of, of research and uh, new technology. Oh, I, I think so. You know, Oklahoma State did a great job, uh, as did the University of Oklahoma, in helping us stand up different testing uh, for coronavirus. And so uh, their labs, uh, really in the in early March, I was really leaning on Oklahoma State, and they did a great job of uh, uh, transitioning their labs to help us with, uh, with, with testing capabilities in state because the Department of Health had a very limited capacity. And, and so I'm just so proud of our universities and what they've done. Uh, to help us with this. Uh, So they're going to be great partners with this pandemic center, all the universities, uh, Tulsa University. It's going to be a statewide effort, and it's going to be a national, uh, you know, kind of example and uh, and hopefully research center that we get tons of money flowing into Oklahoma and we get private sector companies coming in to do research uh, for for the next pandemic that may hit, you know, our country in 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, there's going to be a lot of a lot of pharma dollars uh, pouring in, and we want to make sure that they come to Oklahoma. That's why we we got out in front of this. We set this up before any other state. Let, let's talk finally about, if we might, uh, the gov- governor about uh, your 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 interest, your your desire to see Oklahoma a top ten state in all different areas. Uh, got any new top ten stories for us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, uh, one of the things I'm really proud of is our transportation folks. We got ranked number ninth in the country in uh, uh, bridge condition. So that was great. We're 28th in pavement condition, so I'm, I'm continuing to push there. Uh, we just got ranked top 10 in new manufacturing. Uh, best best places to, uh, to have a manufacturing company by site selectors was Oklahoma. We're obviously number one uh, in cheapest electricity. Uh, unemployment just came out. We were number ninth in the country in lowest unemployment, and that's just due to the, the way we've handled uh, this pandemic. Uh, I don't believe it's the government's job to mandate and shut things down. Uh, I'm transparent with all the data with Oklahomans, giving the Oklahomans the freedom to make those choices. 
Uh, we have to be safe. We've got to think about health and, and the safety of Oklahomans. Uh, but there is more. It's also a risk management issue, and that's kind of the way we've dealt with this. And I'm so proud we're number nine lowest in unemployment. One other one that I can tell you about, uh, you probably has read this, read this well, but uh, the National Agri-Science Fair for the FFA organization just announced their uh, finalist. Oklahoma is the number two state in the country. Uh, big big states like California and Texas and all these other states are down below us. Uh, Georgia's number one, Oklahoma's number two, and Stillwater FFA is the top chapter in America in agri-science finalists uh, this year for the National FFA. So I know you're happy about that. Oh, that's great! You know, and we're getting we're getting uh, you know horse sales and and big big ag events coming to Oklahoma because things are shut down in Denver and they're shut down in Las Vegas and in uh, other areas of the country, and so it's really helping drive economic development. Uh, we are so fortunate to be living in Oklahoma right now. I mean, people in California. I mean, we we don't see it because we're not traveling as much. People in California are still sneaking illegal haircuts. I mean, they're. they're these other states are so much more closed down, and we've been fully reopened, no restrictions for the last five months. Thank you, Governor. Governor Kevin Stitt on a variety of issues, including where he is with that commission on cooperative sovereignty that has just issued their report uh, regarding that Supreme Court case involving the state of Oklahoma, uh, the McGirt case. Also talking about the state questions coming up on the ballot uh, in just a few days, uh, that uh, lab in Stillwater and top 10 status as well. We appreciate the governor spending a few minutes with us on the road to rural prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, ruralprosperityok.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and OklahomaFarmReport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the Funk Companies.